know, people say, going to church, you know, you still going to church? Of course I'm going to church. You go to gatherings, you know, you gather up. So why I can't come here and gather with my church family and serve God? And I just want to thank God for my mom, for being here, for being strong.
Good morning. We would like to welcome all of our family and all of our friends to the Art of Faith Worship Center. We're so happy to have you up on this morning. Amen. Sorry. Okay, we have our uh, morning announcements. First of all, I want to say happy birthday to our Bishop Bates. Happy birthday. All right. We have our youth corner here. We have, let's see, please bring your, okay, we don't have to worry about school. We know school is out. But let's see what, oh, honor, oh yeah, so let us know about the honor roll. Let Renee know if y'all, because you still get grades, so let us know about that. We know about our worship and our life enrichment and empowerment opportunities, y'all know. 9 o'clock we have Sunday school, 10 o'clock morning worship, 7 o'clock we're still having Bible study, and after that we have choir rehearsal after that. And um, also, after choir rehearsal, then we do praise team. Uh, birthdays we have, Shelvin was on the 3rd, Bishop Baines tomorrow, <clears throat> AJ is on the 12th, and London, our twins. Glenn Raspberry, the 13th, and uh, Mary Helen Jackson is on the 19th. We would like to say happy birthday to all of our birthdays. Okay, any, I think that's it, actually. If there will be no other announcements, this has been Sister Smith, your announcing clerk up on today. Thank you, and have a blessed day. Amen. All right, thank you, thank you. As we get ready to give our offering unto the Lord, I want to pray before you come forth. As everyone take your places, Father, we thank you once again for this opportunity to be in your house gathered together, God. As we come together, God, in our spirits and our faith and our trust in you, God, we pray, God, that you will continue to keep us, Lord, as we present unto you our tithes and our offering this morning. We pray your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we ask that as the deacons and everyone come, and those that are watching, if you like to participate in giving, you can. You can cash app the church. Uh, it is the dollar sign, H-O-F-W-C, and they will get it and apply it to wherever you would have it to be. And then we ask as you come with your gift and go back to your seats, uh, you can remain standing there, or if you want to come to the altar, you can come to the altar, but we ask that you continue to spread yourselves out. Amen. Okay, the deacons is coming around. All right. Those of you that want, want to come to the altar, you can, but we ask that you practice the social distancing. So if you come to the altar for prayer, we ask that you kind of spread out. I'm going to ask uh, Elder Johnson if he will come. Now we ask everyone to please stand right where you're at. And this is where we ask you to trust God as Elder Johnson come to lead us in prayer. Then after prayer, we're going to hear the word, and then we're going to... Uh, participate in our Holy Communion and then we will be done man
Father God, who art in heaven, holy is thy name. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Father God, I pray your strength on this hour that we went before you. Our hearts, spirits, and minds. Pray to Lord God that you roll away the kernel self on this morning and give us a heart of flesh. Saturate us, O oh Lord God, according to thy words. You said that when you descend upon high and sit on the hand of your father, that you would send forth a comforter. Let the comfort reign on this very moment, O oh family father, that it may make intercessory prayer and request of your will for our lives. Not we of ourselves, Lord Father, for the building up of your kingdom, dear Lord Father. And Lord, you said you have no respect of persons. And Lord, I pray, dear Lord Father, that your spirit of oh, you was so far and so abroad, dear Lord God. Let it touch every soul, body, and mind, oh Heavenly Father. For we're now, Lord Father, we are in perilous hours, oh Heavenly Father, not knowing what the next hour may bring us, oh Heavenly Father. I pray for the loss and the shedding in right now, God, God. I pray for the just and what is unjust, dear Heavenly Father. Pray for the righteous as well as for the evil, dear Lord God. I pray for those that spitefully misuse your people, dear Lord God. Oh Lord, bless their hearts, dear Lord Father, that your spirit may enter to their hearts, dear Lord God. And knowing that the only way through this journey is only by you. And Lord, I pray, dear Lord Father, for all that you have done for your peoples. We are your sheep of your pastors. And we thank you on this hour, Father God, that you have provided the goods, the things that are necessary, dear Lord Father. You provided shelter, dear Lord Father. You have provided protection and care. And we thank you. And Father God, in our last hour, dear Lord Father, I pray, dear Lord Father, that you find us worthy, holy, and acceptable unto you, which is our reasonable service. And according to your word, say, all the promise of you is by us. To the glory of you, dear Lord Father, and yes, and amen. We thank you, dear Lord Father, for you said your will be never ending and never changed. So let your people build up on that which you have given us, dear Lord Father, your son, the Christ, the chief cornerstone. And I hope we continue to be in him, dear Lord Father. And Lord, I just pray to bless upon our pastor here, dear Lord Father every auxiliary, every staff member, and every member of this church, dear Lord Father. And now I'm here, Lord Father, such those uh, uh, other churches as well. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Now, As we prepare, 
to go into the word of God. Now most of you are probably too young to know or remember this song and some of you probably wasn't in, in church uh, back in the day when they sung it. But if you have a Baptist background, then you're going to know this song. So I'm going to ask everybody to stand. Some of you here should know it because we have sung it oftentimes. It was one of my favorites that we used to always sing. Hope the musician. <laughs> can, can, if not, you can just kind of like jazz it up in between a little jazz and blues and then you you with those cards you'll get it the song says you can't make me doubt him come on you can't make me doubt him you can't make me doubt him in my heart you can't make me doubt him know too much about him you can't make me doubt him in my heart then they would say this verse right here ain't it a wonder about Jesus ain't it a wonder about Jesus ain't it a wonder about Jesus in my heart ain't it a wonder about Jesus ain't it a wonder about Jesus ain't it a wonder about Jesus in my heart amen all right now, how many of y'all, I'm not talking to the younger people, but those that are my age and older, how many of y'all remember that song? And it's good to see our friend Teresa and her husband from San Antonio. God bless you. Oh, that is so sweet. Thank you. Making me feel all special. <laughs> Thank all right. Oh, my God. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. My favorite candy. And I see Bass Pro in there, so y'all already know what's going on. Getting ready to go fishing. In fact, I was invited to go crabbing Monday. But I'm still debating that because that's my birthday. But uh, anyone know me? No, I can live on the water. Don't have to catch nothing, just being by the ocean. Y'all ought to try it sometimes. If you're having problems with getting that peace of mind and sleep, just go sit out by the water and just sit there and just enjoy it. Amen. All right. And thank you all for the birthday wishes also, you know. So I'll be turning a lovely 56 years old tomorrow. See, I told you I'm younger than what I look. All of this is because of all of y'all. <laughs> no, but we thank God. Listen, we're going to go right to the word. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. Uh, now, if, if, if there's any more gifts and you want to bring them, I don't want to deprive you. You may bring them. Uh, and you can put them right. I'll stand right here while you're opening your Bibles. 
my favorite candy soap. One, two, three, four. Yeah, I got four Pepsis. Boy, these are good with RSCs or Pepsis. Put it in an ice box, let it get a little cold, then break your soda out on some ice. Ooh, it'll get you every time. My God. Now I got to get my mind together because I'm, I'm about to say, Mike, we should just leave and go fishing right up the church. But, uh, okay, you all are there? Okay, Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. And what we want to talk to you about a few moments is want to know who do you say Jesus is? You have the title, put the title up there. Who is Jesus? And that comes with a question, who do you say Jesus is? Because I want to reveal something to you in the scriptures that this is very important. You all know that we're not doing things like we used to do. Uh, I personally believe by listening to a lot of messages this morning confirm what I've been believing all along is that uh, uh, God is, is, you know, God is the same. The scriptures say he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. But how we are doing things now is going to be different. Um, uh, and, and along with that is that the Spirit of God revealed this to me. God wants our houses because that's where everything started at in the book of Acts. You will see all through that it mentioned what they did at their houses from sharing the word, introducing people to Christ, miracles, signs and wonders started at their houses. So what God wants us to do is that our houses, we in our houses, has to become a reflection of what the church is. Because other than that, we're gathering together here at the church house, but the church is not there. In other words, also you need to start depending on God your prayers should be at your houses. Everything starts at your house. We cannot live one kind of way at our house, then come to God's house knowing we've been living any kind of way. It has to be because the power is within each of us. And, and I show you, we have been limited. And this whole uh, uh, thing that is going on around us is making us think and do things differently. So, I'm going to read verse 15 and 16, then I'm going to go back. He said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, Father, we rely on your spirit that lives in each of us to give us clarification of your word we pray that we lean not to our own understanding but god we pray that you give us understanding of your word in jesus name amen you may be seated let's give the lord a hand clap praise and and i do believe this too uh, as i've been crying out for the last two three years and heart of faith i know y'all probably been tired of me saying that how we need to give pastors have become more popular than Jesus. 
and and when you ask people of their affiliation in the kingdom of God they always say oh I'm a member of John Doe's church they never recognize Christ it always have been the pastors the pastors have become so popular and I've been crying that to, for pastors and leaders let's give Jesus back his church not the building but the people when the people start relying more on the pastor than they do Jesus that's a big problem so now we're faced with this virus and no pastor have an answer everyone have an opinion but no one have an answer uh, I said it once I'm gonna say it again then I'm gonna move on all of the faith heal, uh, healers and I'm not saying that I do believe in healing we have saw the miracles and signs of God from healing people of cancer AIDS and everything else but all of this has made the pulpit more popular than Christ that people come my mind goes back to when we first start building this building and and God said I want you to feel build the first building to get out of the storefront and we first built this building this place had all you saw was open two by fours and two by sixes the only thing that had sheetrock was the fellowship hall it had nothing on the floors it was a building that we just built we had no water and no sewer and I remember praying and telling God I said God the people are so faithful that they showing up every Wednesday and every Sunday and we don't even have no water or sewer and God say that's because they're not showing up for you they're showing up for me and that's why I've always told you all when we make that transition we will not lose our sense of respect and honoring God because the building look good the building means nothing if the people are not on the same channel with God I've cried out and said all of this dancing is good the Bible said in one Psalms 150 dance but it means nothing if it's not from the heart holding on to the walls tearing up the chairs and all of this because everybody wants attention uh, just as they say they put the uh, God out of the schools we practically when I say we as the church I, I don't just I'm not talking about just hard of faith. I'm speaking universal. So I don't believe in this beautiful land Baptist church. It ain't but one church. And that's the church that belongs to Christ. We have pretty much put him out of the church. We don't want to do it your way, Lord. We're going to do it our way. We're going to do it our way. We're going to act our own way. We're going to dress our own way. We're going to do whatever we want to do, and we're going to do it our way. Well, we forget one thing. The Bible say where two or three will assemble themselves together. Jesus said, in my name, I will be in the midst. And whenever he's in the midst, you're okay. So I tell people this. If you confessing Psalms 91 that none of this will come, you better make sure that you're not just saying that here, but your house where you live ought to reflect your walk as a believer in Christ. So let's look at Matthew 16 real quick. Uh, in verse 1, the Pharisees also with the Sadducees came. Now both of these were Jews. But the difference were is that the Pharisees was taught the law. They went to school to learn the law. That they may obey God's rules. But however they did not like the things that Jesus taught. 
And they thought that they uh, did nothing wrong. So they thought that they were very important and clever. On the other hand, when we look at the Sadducees, they were one of the group of Jews who did not believe in heaven and the resurrection. An important group of Jews at the time of Jesus, they only used five books at the beginning of the Old Testament and they believed that people would not live again. So this is what Jesus was dealing with. And they began to tempt him to do something wrong. So how they began to tempt him in verse uh, one, they said, show us a sign. They wanted to see a sign from heaven. And Jesus now, apparently they had already saw signs. But now they're trying to tempt him because they wanted to see it. In verse 2, he answered and said, when it is evening, you say it will be fair. He began to tell them, you could tell the signs of the times. You could tell how the weather going to be. If the cloud, if the skies are red and no clouds, you know it's going to be a good day. Then he went on to say, but then if you see that in the evening and you see clouds, then you're able to predict and see that a storm is coming. But he said, you know what? Oh, ye hypocrites, in verse 3, ye can discern the face of the sky, but cannot discern the signs of the times. And he called them a wicked and adulterous generation seeking after a sign. And this is where the church has gone. Is that they are seeking after signs. They are running behind every prophet. And you all saw this. Every prophet that say they have a prophecy or word for God. The church got away from reading the word. The church got away from praying to Christ. And they started chasing after every prophet that says they have a word. God going to bless you with this. God going to bless you with that. They, they start running after that because they were looking for signs. The church had become just like the Pharisees and Sadducees. Tempting him with signs. But look what he tells them in verse 4. After he called them a wicked and adulterous generation who seek after signs. And there shall no sign be given unto you but the sign of the prophet Jonah. And he left them in the party. Now what did he mean about that? He was letting them know the only sign that you're going to see. Just as Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days. The only sign you're going to see is the son of man in the ground, in the earth, in the grave. For three days. That's the only sign. And then the disciples went to the other side. He even went along in there. And, and I'm, I'm going to the part that I want to get to. I'm not going to hit you all with all of this. But I want you to research it. When they began to talk. Jesus reminded them. Is that remember. I fed a miracle. Of 5,000 men. Plus their family. With two fish. And five, five loaves of bread. And two fish. And he said, also, I don't want you to forget that also I fed a multitude of 4,000 men along with their families. So he was letting them know that I don't want you to forget this. But when things came <coughs> through everything, he wanted to know what people were saying about him. So if you look down there in verse 13, when Jesus went to Caesarea Philippi region, and he asked his disciples, I am the son of man. Who do people say I am? Now remember, this is what we're getting to. Because this is going to be very important for you. 
and for me and for everyone that may be watching is that the most important thing you need to understand is what I've been telling you for the longest is that you need to develop a relationship with Christ to know who he is. You need to ask yourself a question. Who do you say Jesus is? If Jesus was here right now in the flesh and ask you, who do you say I am? Now, let's look at when he asked them that. Uh, that was some several answers uh, that they had gave him. Disciples gave him four answers. They were all people who were dead. Number one, they said John the Baptist. Herod had been afraid that Jesus, thank you, was John. And Herod had been responsible for John's death in Matthew chapter 14 and verse 2. But he thought that John had came back to life again. That was one of the first answers. The second one, they said, Elijah. The Jews believed that Elijah would return and he would prepare the way for the Messiah. That's over in Malachi chapter 4 verse 5 and 6. He says, behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. The third person they said, Jeremiah. And he had suffered because he spoke God's true message to God's people. And he had spoken of a new agreement that God would make with his disciples. Another one of God's special servants from a long time ago. That's what they gave him for <coughs> answers. Y'all excuse me, but if you ever suffer with allergies, you know when, you, when you're dry, you have to go. No, I don't have corona. So y'all don't have to be afraid. So, verse 15, someone can know what other people think about Jesus, but this is not enough. It's not enough. Everyone must think about Jesus for themselves. Every last one of us have to think about Jesus for ourselves. So, Jesus asked the disciples, what do you think about me? And that's the same question he's asking each of us. I want you to take a few seconds and seriously think about that. Because we have entertained the church for so long where the church leave with a good feeling but no knowledge of who Jesus is. What I'm about to reveal to you this morning is going to take you away from dependency on man. That including me as a pastor, the elders, and the deacons. And I'm going to teach you in scripture because it has been stated to the church that only the pastor has the power. That's not Bible. So what I'm going to reveal to you today, you're going to understand, is that all this time that you've been wondering, you have the power based on now, based on what your answer is to this question Jesus is asking us. Who do you say I am? Think about that. Jesus is asking each of us, who do you say I am? If all you can narrow him down is to a doctor in my sick room, you don't know Jesus. If all you can say is he's my, my, my way maker, miracle, or you don't know Jesus. 
You're only speaking about him of what others have said. Let me tell you something. Things that people say can be detrimental to what you should be believing or knowing. Because if you never develop a relationship with Jesus Christ yourself, then you're basically only going off what you heard someone say about him. And Jesus asked them the question, who do men say I am? And you saw the four answers that was related to dead people that they thought who was coming back. Now remember, God had promised them the Messiah was coming. Same thing now. He had promised us that Jesus is going to return. We just don't know when. Jesus said, I don't even know when. Only the Father knows when. And when that time comes, he will come. But now we have to look at this. Ponder in your hearts because this, this can be detrimental to your faith and your walk. If you want to get off self-dependency off of man and start depending on the power that worketh in you, do you really need to seriously ask yourself that question? Who do I really say Jesus is? All of all these years, I've heard people say, I just see the power of the Spirit all over you, Pastor. But we cannot see what should be the power of the spirit over every last one of us. The pastor is no more anointed than you. Just because he may do something differently than, than what you can do, it doesn't mean that he is more powerful than you. It just simply means that he has a different task. We have deacons, we have urchers, we have elders. Everyone plays a part in the kingdom of God. But no one can say that they're more important than the other. Now watch this. After they said all of that, Jesus asked them the question, what do you think about me? Now it, it, was, it was a point behind that now. It's a point. Because this leading up to what we have preached about, everyone shout keys. keys. I want to bring that to your mind now because that has been the most important thing where people have played with that. They have even given people keys. And, 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 and it, let me see some keys. Let me see a key. I mean, we have done so many foolish things with the word of God, stay right there. They have even did stupidity things to say, here you go, take this key. And, and God going to bless you. And then that person end up getting the house and they say, remember, I gave you the keys. That is not what the scripture meant. So what God is doing now is that leaders have to go back. You see leaders humbling themselves. Is because, see what we don't understand, even in the book of Revelation, God told the angels of the church who was the leaders, either they get themselves together or I'm going to take the church from you. It belongs to him. Leaders have confessed and say, my church. In other words, they have taken what rightfully belongs to Jesus. It's like we don't know who he is no more. 
It's like the church. We have preached and taught people so to now Jesus is only an ATM machine. You know, see, the, the saints in, in, in the old Baptist church, they used to always sing that song and we knew what it meant. It didn't mean that you're going to get cars and money. They say Jesus is on the main line. Tell them what you want. We always associated that with salvation. And then I start asking the question, who put them on the main line? When the Bible say he's in heaven. So now see we have to wipe away all of this foolishness now. Because now nothing is working. God is the same today, yesterday and forevermore. And if there's ever a time that we needed God, we need him. Not just now, we've been needing him. But we just became so dependent on man till we forgot about God. We would ask man before we ask God. And Jesus said, ask the Father for anything in my name and I'll give it to you. So we bypass all of that. And watch this, here's another one. He said, if any among you afflicted, let him pray. If any among you sick, let them call for the elders and let the elders go. Well, now it, you can't help but depend on him now because if you don't have the virus, chances are you may not make it in the hospital. They call it a non-emergency visit. I'm telling you, a neighbor of mine went through that. He said he went. It was difficult to be seen. So he had to do a virtual thing. So what it rely on now is, guess what? We have to rely on Jesus. See? And, and, and watch this. No social, no, no social gathering. So now you got to go back and do what he said in the Bible. Call on him yourself. Because pastors are afraid. They're like, ah, you may have corona. I'm not coming or we got to stay safe. They say no gathering. But pastor, the Bible said, I don't care what the Bible said. The Bible say obey the governor. And the governor say no joining together. So sister, you're going to have to pray or call an ambulance. So I just look at God as just bringing us right back to him. Well, you can't do nothing else, you're going to pray. And watch this. Words that we just utter up that just sound good and, and God, and I'm telling you right now that you are. All of that is out the window now. You seeing people really seriously play. God, I don't know what's going on, Father, but I'm crying out. You know, it, it's not, see, it's no more entertaining. I've always said people's lives are in danger we are responsible for the souls of God's people so now we look at the seriousness of it and Lord I saw something last night in Galveston they couldn't wait to get out you know and, and you know I, I said this I had to look at it on both sides I say well you know what? These people just exercising their rights. The church have a right that we have not exercised. We supposed to be, the Bible says that we are the salt of the what? We are the light of the what? 
We are a city that cannot be. Now all of a sudden, faith don't matter. What matters now is you stay at your house and I'm going to stay at my house. You know how many people can still die in the house? Just like we can't hide and run from God, you can't ride and, and you can't hide or run from death. And, and, and go to show the point, I was telling me and the pastor was having discussion. I said, now we're not going to badger if they don't want to congregate, they don't congregate. But, but I told him, and this happened the other day, I told him about an event happened for years ago. I said, you know what, that was a plane crash. And only one girl survived. We just saw yesterday a helicopter, God bless and, and, and comfort the family, is that you had two police officers in it right in Greenspoint. And it crashed and one died and one so forth is still alive. So I'm a believer of the word is that I get excited not because someone died, but I get excited when I see things that go on. That lets me know that the word of God is true. When I see, and look, I love everybody. I don't badger gays and lesbians. I love them all. They're people. They're somebody's children. God created them. I may not agree with their lifestyle. That's just my opinion. But I'm not going to judge them. But when I see all that going on, he say, in the last days, it's going to be like Sodom and Gomorrah. I get excited because I'm saying, wow, Jesus said that. There's no man with enough knowledge can look back that many. We can't, look, we can't even predict what's going to happen tomorrow. The weatherman tried it. It's going to be a sunny day tomorrow. Enjoy the day. All of a sudden, we get clouds and rain. I'm like, whoa, what's going on? So, we, so the question is, and let me hear up and get done with this. Who do you say he is? Now let's look at why this is so important. Because in verse 9 is when Jesus told them about the five. Uh, he said, do ye not understand, neither remember the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? Neither the seven loaves of the 4,000, how many baskets you took up. How is it that you do not understand <clears throat> that I speak it not to you concerning bread, that you should be aware of leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees? He, he used that because he was saying they are teaching bad things. And it's just like leaven. In other words, don't eat their bread. In other words, don't go for it. Don't care how tall he look, how good he look, how good she look and all of that. Don't go. Try the spirit by the spirit. That's what God wants us to do. We have to understand that. So look what he tells them. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, Whom do men say that I, <clears throat> the son of men, am? After they went through all of that, then he said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? That's the question. That's the question. Who do you say Jesus is? 
That's a question we could ponder. Ponder on that. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Look what Jesus said in verse 17. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That means the gates of hell, the devil, nothing can go up against it. Now he didn't say that Christians were not going to die, was not going to be beaten, was not going to be killed, but he said the church, and that's what we have to understand because we get one or two Christians that may die in one day, the church is still not defeated. So that's what he was telling them. He's not, now this is the important part I want you to get to. Because see, Peter's name means rock. In the Old Testament, the word rock often describes the security that God gives to his people. For example, in 2 Samuel chapter 22 and verse 2, he states, the Lord is my rock. Y'all remember that? And my fortress and my deliverer. Jesus used the word rock or Peter as a name for Simon. In John chapter 1 verse 43. So there are several ways to explain what Jesus may have meant here. The rock is Jesus himself according to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 20. Paul calls Jesus the chief stone. The most important part in God's building. The rock refers to what Peter said. He believed that Jesus is the Christ, God's son. Everyone, now listen to me carefully. Everyone who can say the same thing is like a stone in God's building. That's why I ask you, who do you say Jesus is? If you cannot truthfully, honestly, be honest to yourself, with yourself. If you cannot honestly say that Jesus is the son of God, then you are not a rock. Because that's what he asked him. <clears throat> And Jesus said because of that. Now watch this. We all should be able to say that. No, he's not an ATM machine. He is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. No, he's not your doctor feel good. He's not your lover in the midnight hour. He is the son of God. No, he's not like Coke, the real thing. He's not like Delta, always on time. All that stuff sounds good when you hear them saying it, but that is not, oh, that's Pharisees and Sadducees teaching. That's false teaching. He is the son of God. What else they say? He's, he's like tied. He knows how to get the stain out. No, he's not. He's the son of God. What's the, what's the other one here? He's like Campbell Soup. Mm -mm, this is stuff people shouted over. And these are teachings. When you go back, you will find out in the beginning now, you have to study. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were teaching this kind of foolishness. It was bad stuff. And, and, and we ran with it, especially the young preachers. They'd get the preaching because everybody wanted to be like C.L. Franklin or Leo Daniels. And they, mm, and the Lord is, uh, he's like Delta. Mm. He always on time. 
And then you watch this. The church will be quiet while I'm doing what I'm doing, teaching. But as soon as I go into this Pharisees and Sergeant, then the church get alive. The organ start, everybody stand up. You preacher now. No, he's not. He's giving you leavened bread. He's giving you stuff that is not good. Because he is the son of God and this was important. You see what they did? They labeled him to be four dead people. They didn't know who he was. If you say he's like hand sanitizer, he knows how to protect you. You got it all wrong. He's the son of God. I mean, God moved us in an era where the truth is the only thing that's going to set you free. And the church has been in bondage. And I believe the same as God told Pharaoh, let my people go. God was telling the false teachers, let my people go. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, the Bible says there is liberty. So you have to understand who Jesus is. He's the son of God. And that's what he asked Peter. Who do you say I am? Peter say thou. Look what he says. He said what? Thou art the Christ. The son of the living God. Thou art. Can y'all say that? Thou art the Christ. The son of the living God. And the reason why Messiah means it's a word for the king who will come and rescue them. So he's our Messiah. He's the son of the living God. So you acknowledge God is alive and you acknowledge that Jesus Christ is his son. Because Jesus said, if you don't receive me, then you can't have my father. And see, everybody wants God. Everybody wants to be in heaven, but no one wants Jesus. So they say, I want to be just like Jesus. You know, it is, it, is, it is so simple, but yet hard to be like Jesus. What do you mean, so simple, but yet hard? Simple thing is, he say, love ye one another. And by this, men would know that you are my disciples. When you love someone, you won't hurt them. When you love someone, you would exalt them. When you love someone, you'll give them a helping hand. He said, which of you, if your brother is hungry and come to you for some bread, you'll give him a serpent. So when you love, you'll take action. So all of that stuff that you, I know it sounded good. I, I can't say what they did in other, yeah, I can. I was part of it all. I was what they call a mutt Christian. I was a part of every, any Christianity was known. My grandfather made sure we was a part of it. From Church of God in Christ to Holiness to Baptist. Baptist was just our rooted part. You know. So the thing about it, he refers to Peter. Now, how does this blend in with us? I'm glad you asked that question. It's because now he gets down to it. And he says, Let blessed are you because my father revealed. You need to ask God to reveal to you by his spirit that is in you. If not by now. See, if the spirit is in you. The spirit should have already revealed to you who Jesus is. 
He's the son of God. No, he's not your sugar daddy to pay your bills. He's your savior. He is the son of the living God. And that's basically what people put him down to. You know, that's all Jesus is. Some people are just a sugar daddy. Just to come pay my bills. You know. If your testimony can only highlight what he has done for you, then you're missing out who he is. Because let me tell you something, and your testimony don't have to be this. This is my testimony. God does not have to do nothing for me because when he gave me health, he gave me wealth along with it. I could create that. But guess what? If God does nothing else, he did one thing that would take me to eternity is that he gave his son. His son came and died, shed his blood, rose on the third day. I became a part of that knowledge, accepted him as the Messiah, the son of the living God. Now I'm saved. I'm sanctified. I'm filled with the spirit of God. Now I am a rock in his building of the church. So why ask God for something that you can do yourself? That's why he made you a rock. But see, if you don't know it, like my wife asked me, she say, she say, uh, baby, I, I need a gun. How do you use this gun? I said, well, now you don't need to learn how to use it. I, I'll be around to protect you. She said, but what, you ain't here. I said, well, just call the police. I said, now I'm not going to teach you how to use a gun because I don't know what her mindset <laughs> There may be some day, I'm not going to teach you to use a weapon. You may be mad at me one day. And y'all see this should be running and ducking and hiding. No, but, but watch this. I know I need to teach her to protect herself. So guess what? What I'm teaching you now is going to help you to know who you are. Because if you don't know who he is then you haven't discovered who you are. Because the Bible say greater is he where? Than what? So now this gonna stop you from even worrying about the world. It's because you have power, but if you don't know how to access the power, then you, you're powerless. See, the gun won't do my wife no attention uh, won't do her no good if the enemy come in and she don't know how to use it. She can only bluff and say, I'm going to shoot you. But if she don't know how to pull it back to put a bullet in the chamber, it's not going to do her no good. And the reason why the church is being defeated, now watch this now. Jesus said that the gates of hell shall not prevail. In other words, the gates of hell is not going to be defeated. What I'm speaking about individuals that are defeated in their walk is because you need to learn the power that's in you but until you can activate that power you have to know who he is because if he's only a doctor in the sick room then you don't know him because he have healing powers. Who is he? He's the Messiah. Who is the Messiah? The son of the living God. If you remember nothing else, you should remember. Jesus is the Messiah. He's my king. And he is the son of the living God. Then you can do what he say do. Ask the father for whatever. God's not going to give you something 
in something or in someone you don't believe in. You can cry all day long, God in the name of Jesus, but if you don't believe who Jesus is, it's not going to work. See, we want the miracles, we want the healing, we want the blessings, but we don't really want who he is. Yes, I do, pastor. Yes, I do. How many of you seriously want, 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 want who he is? See, if I can just get one person, raise their hand. Okay, raise their hand. Okay, okay. Now, who, who, where, who, you, who just raised their hand? Okay, all right. You and Jock stand up. Tiffany and Jock. Now, now, I'm just, I'm just saying. Now, I'm but stand, let me see. Yeah, you got some big hands. Okay. And uh, what I want you to do, Stanley... I want, I'm talking about till his glasses look like this and go across the room. I want you to slap the mess out of Jock until you slap his teeth out of his mouth and then slap Tiffany too. Y'all ready? Y'all wait, wait for you to do it. Now you do know they show some stuff on TV where they be having them slapping, they be actually knocking, slap them till they knock out. Yeah. <laughs> now y'all can sit down don't do that <laughs> reason why I'm saying that is because Jesus said if they slap you on one cheek turn the other one so the question is do we really know who is now some of y'all were sitting there saying now nah, y'all wouldn't they wouldn't hey, well, they, boy if we could read their mind they're like yeah I wish not only when I get through with him I'm going after the pastor who told him to do it and if his wife say something I'm going to slap her too oh yeah the, I know the saints will fight I know the saints will fight I know how it go then the whole church will plot since he did that, then let's everybody slap him and his wife and his children and his grandchildren and tell them, y'all got to turn the other cheek. <laughs> then they'll get you on them off days. You'll be standing there to shake their hands. Hey, Pastor, pow! Remember, you got to turn the other cheek. <laughs> then I had to come back up and say, y'all, let's revamp this teaching. <laughs> I think y'all missed the point. No, but, but now watch this here. Okay, let me get my serious face on y'all playing now. I got to get through. Okay, now watch this here. So now he tells Peter, he say, look, I'm going to give you the keys. That's what I want to talk about. And then we're done. Brethren, if y'all want to, y'all can go ahead and get ready. He said, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. And whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound on heaven. Or whatever you loose on earth be loose in heaven. So then we start telling her, we got the keys, we got the keys. Guess what? Can I serve notice? I'm not the only one had the keys. Peter wasn't the only one had the keys. You know what the keys were? Let me tell you where that come from. Let me tell you where that come from. When he said that in verse 19, keys are a sign of authority. Jesus said, I am alive. I was dead, but now I am alive again, and I hold the keys to death and Hades. That's in Revelations 1 and 18. In Isaiah time, now this is where it, it read from. Echelim was a servant who had a responsible job in Isaiah 22 and 22. He had to open and shut the door. 
If you look at Isaiah 22 and 22, and the key of the house of David will I lay on his shoulder, so he shall open and none shall shut it. And he shall shut it and none shall open it. Now that sounds familiar to what Jesus told Peter. Peter was like that servant. He opened the door to God for thousands of people. And they became a part of God's stones in every building. Every Christian has the same duty that we must show people the way to God. Peter guided the church. He taught Christians how to behave in the right way. And this was an honor and responsibility that Peter shared this authority with other members of the church. In Matthew 18 and 18, to let you know, truly I say to you, whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you shall loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. So he gave that authority to all of us if we know who he is. If he's Delta, you don't have the key. In other words, you don't have no authority. That's why so many believers are powerless is because they have not been taught the right way. That Pharisee and Sadducee teaching can mess you up. You have to know who he is. It is not a game. Do you remember how the old people do uh, uh, back back in the day when you walk up there and you you say you say you say uh, um, um, uh, let's see how, how I want to do it because I, I didn't see my grandmother do this. Let me see. Ain't too many people remind me of my grandma. I'm gonna use Mother Davis, our church mother. They go up there and say, "Hey, Mary, what did you call me? You don't fix your it's Miss Mary." That's how they will correct you. Well, why do we think that we can approach Jesus and call him out of his name and expect that he's going to do something? You have to know who he is. You know? Listen, what's that little cliche you be saying when you be ready to go and you always say, I'll be back, Jack, or something? See you later, alligator. See you later, Charlie. I'll be sitting, I was like, I'd be like, I'm not Jack. Is this somebody you going to see on the side? My name is John. I'll be saying that to myself, you know, just putting that together. Think about Jesus. When we go to calling him out of his name, isn't it much easier to approach him and say, Jesus, my Lord and Savior. And when you approach him as Lord, the word Lord in the Bible is, is, is printed two ways. The capital L-O-R-D, acknowledging him. But the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D is saying God is king. You have to know who Jesus is. So you have that power. When you can say in your heart that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the son of the living God then you become a part of the body of Christ as a stone. And then you would know that you are the church. It is not this building. See, what Luther said, a house is not a home unless two people is living there, what else he said? 
Share what? A chair is not a chair. Y'all come on, y'all know y'all know this. Y'all trying to play. I know it's communion Sunday now. Come on, I know it's communion Sunday. You see them, brother Al? They trying to, they trying to hide it. Pastor ain't finna get me on that. We on TV too? Uh-uh. Come on, y'all. Now, now, it's a point I'm trying to make. He said a house is not a home. See, the saints coming, they waking up now. They, if no one is what? There. Is sitting there. Who said that? They were, I heard them real clear on that one. Okay. All right. There you go. I knew the saints were. I'm, I'm just, I'm about to feel bad, brother. I was like, Lord, have I did a Pharisee, Sadducee teacher? Now, look, watch this here. This building is nothing without us being here. We are the church. The church is believers in Christ. But everybody is not a part of the church. Because if you cannot acknowledge him as the Messiah and the son of the living God, then you have not arrived yet. You have to uh, not, let me, stand to your feet if you acknowledge he is the Messiah and he is the son of the living God. Come on, give yourselves a hand because you are the church. And he have given you keys to the kingdom. And whatsoever you bound on earth, he say it will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth, so you don't have to depend on man nowhere. You have the power. You have the power. Because most people, I'm telling you, most people that stand before you and preach and teach don't believe that Jesus is the son of God. And I'm not telling you something that someone said. I'm telling what I heard out of their mouth on national TV. They said, I don't believe this Bible. I don't believe nothing that I teach. I get paid to do this and I don't want to work nowhere else. So if the people like to hear this, I'm going to keep doing it as long as I get paid. That's a Pharisee. Sadducee teaching there you better know who he is because what if you cannot get to the pastor you better know God for yourself and let me tell you something he lives in each of you raise your hands when you raise your hands the Bible say they are holy know who you are people anywhere you enter anything you do it reflects the kingdom. Have you ever walked in a situation where people was raising hell, but when you walked in, everything got quiet? It, it, look, you, you know us. It wasn't about, we don't care who come in the house. If I'm cussing, I'm going to keep cussing. And if you say something, I'm going to cuss you out. But it's just something when the child of God walks in, then everything ceases. Because they recognize who you are. That's why when people saw you and they say, I knew it was something different about you. Okay, listen, what we're going to do, let's give the Lord a hand. As we get ready for our communion, we'd ask that you stay standing. And then what you're going to do is peel that first layer off, get the bread, then peel the second layer off.
And while you're getting ready, if there is anywhere to unite with the body of Christ, this is your opportunity to come. You can just raise your hands right where you're at. If you don't have a church home and you're looking for a church home, then you can just uh, raise your hands and we will take care of that right now. Body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, let us pray. Body and blood of our Lord Savior Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this bread and this cup as we do another memorializing services in honor and remembrance of Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Messiah, your only begotten Son, as we remember his death, burial, and resurrection until he returned. God, we do believe that as we become a partakers of this, then our bodies are healed, our minds are healed, our spirits are renewed. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. We're going to omit the scripture reading for now. You made this. No, no. Uh, deacons, remember, I want you. Hold it. Stop, stop, stop again. Deacon Dara, come this way. Remember, I want you all to pick it up and give it to them. Right, there you go, there you go, thank you. Just wanna, just wanna practice. All right. There you go. There you go. Still alive, right? Okay. So the congregation. just want to, for our cyber church, can you go to the congregation? All right. You know, we're still working on technology, body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You can go to the audience, body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because we have members that are not here, we're just trying to encourage them so we'll go to camera two because they are also joining in with communion as well so for you guys that are watching we're now taking the bread out now as Jesus took the bread and blessed it and gave thanks and said, take and eat for this is my body here that has bread made. Likewise, he took the cup, blessed it and gave thanks. 
say this, my shedded blood, he that has the cup may drink. And he said that as often, so Scott, can you get a trash can right out there so we can throw it in there? As often, just come down the aisle, as often as we eat and drink, we show forth his death until he return. So we thank God for all of you that are here and those that are watching. And if you didn't get a chance to come by to get communion, maybe just come down the aisle and let them put it in there. If, if not, then hopefully you had uh, crackers and bread at your house that you partake partook in the supper with us. Here you go, Suscat. Okay. All right. Uh, here, come around this way, Suscat. Meet Brother Billy. There you go. All right. All right. We want to say thank you for those that have tuned in to our morning service. God bless you. You have any prayer requests, send them to us. We are praying for you. And we want everyone to know that they, they have cake in the back. So if you all would please go back there. It's a birthday cake. 